Pastor Rick Hale, Senior Pastor of Grace Community Church in Roswell, New Mexico. I'm your co-host, Sean Lee. We're so honored that you joined us today. It is our purpose at Living Your Dash to help you better connect the dots of discipleship so that you can find and fulfill God's purpose for your life. Okay, we are sitting down now with Pastor Rick Hale. And uh, Rick, we get to talk about this past week's message uh, which was looking with a new perspective. Uh, and it was based on Philippians 1, 12 through 18. And one of the things that, that you taught us this past Sunday was it's important to get a, 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 uh, a heavenly perspective or a better... Well, actually, how did you put it? You know, well, it's a fascinating passage because the Apostle Paul, it, here he is, he's locked up in a Roman prison, mm-hmm. unjustly accused not guilty of anything except sharing the love of Christ with people. So here he is locked up in prison. He has every reason in the world to be angry, bitter, mad at God, mad at the world. And yet he is able, because he has perspective, he is able to look at, in this particular passage, two things, Sean. He's able to look at a confining circumstance. Mm Mm-hmm. And he is able to look at some difficult people. He had some critics that he couldn't control because he was locked up in prison. So here he is. He has a confining circumstance. He's dealing with difficult people. And his attitude will blow your mind. Yeah. His attitude is, what does it matter? Yeah. Uh, God's going to work in this. And, and so he has this perspective. He is, Paul has learned, and he's trying to teach us, if we allow difficult circumstances and difficult people uh, to get too close if we if we allow those things to get too close and kind of dominate the screen of our life mm-hmm. we won't be able to see around them yeah and if you can't see around the immediate situation you don't have what Paul would call perspective you've got to have perspective and see around that difficulty to realize hey it's not the end of the world and what Paul taught us was God can actually use that difficult circumstance. God can actually work in the situation with those difficult people to bring about something good. So it's the old, um, the old expression, you know, you, you got to see the silver lining yeah. to every cloud. Whereas so many people I run into, you know, they can see a cloud to every silver lining. <laughs> and Paul really was able to see that silver lining and say, okay, what is the good in this difficult, confining circumstance? And what possible good can come out of people criticizing me while I'm in prison? Yeah, what, you know, when you you said something about Paul this past Sunday, um, that, you know, he he didn't expect this to happen. You know, it wasn't like, you know, it's my plan. It was not on his five-year planner. No. Absolutely not. He had things to do, places to go, people to see. If you study Paul in the book of Acts, man, he never, ever slowed down. Yeah. And so here God gets him locked up in prison, not what he had planned. Yeah. As you were talking about, you know, being thrown into this, this, uh, this prison, I thought, you know, there are other prisons too that people get themselves into or that they're placed in. Nobody wants a broken body. No one wants to get attacked by cancer or heart disease. No one wants their children um, suffering from, uh, uh, I'm thinking of, of a couple right now or deal, who, whose children or both their children 
are locked in substance abuse. Um, no one wants these things to happen. What do you do when your world is broken? Yeah, there's all kinds of, the list goes on and on of things that, number one, I have no control over. Yeah. And number two, I didn't cause it. Yeah. It, it just came to me. I didn't go looking for it. Yeah. And those are challenging. And again, I believe Paul has the secret. If you're going to enjoy the rest of your life, you cannot let one difficult circumstance or a difficult critic in your life take up take up the whole movie. You think about one frame in right. the movie. If you look at one frame in the movie, man, it looks like Indiana Jones is going to get killed with a big rock rolling over him. You look, <laughs> looks like he's going to be eaten alive with snakes. Yeah, you got to watch the whole movie. Yeah, and that's called backing away. And getting perspective. Yes. And that, that's the only way, Sean, the only way that people can enjoy the rest of their life. Otherwise, you will get angry, you will be bitter mm. and mad at God and the world. Well, that's that's the number one emotion that I see that, that we have to get over. Of course, I think some people, they want, they want like the Holy Spirit's magic wand to, to, to hit them on the top of the head and suddenly everything's changed, which, of course, that doesn't happen. Um, I think that, that we see in Scripture, as you were telling us Sunday, that we have to make steps towards becoming more like Christ. When I, I, I love what Paul said in Ephesians 5.16, how we should make the most of every opportunity um, because the days are evil. And uh, so the disciple has to say, I'm not going I'm, I'm to go with what first comes to mind. I'm going to get angry or bitter or blame. I'm going to say, okay. To do exactly what you said, which is to gain perspective. How do we, how do we gain perspective? How can our listeners? What are some steps that we can take to gain perspective? Yeah, I think one is what you just said in the Ephesians passage. You know, make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Mm-hmm. Maybe we need to make a sign and carry it around, Sean, <laughs> and it says. <laughs> this is earth, not heaven. Oh, good. This is earth, not heaven. Uh-huh. But we live in a fallen world where bad things happen to good people. Mm-hmm. And just understanding that and saying, okay, I, I would say, number one, don't panic. Okay. Don't panic and you know, expect difficult people, expect difficult situations. And if you're not in one right now, one will be around yeah, the corner, right. so be prepared. <laughs> it's on the next train. So okay. the thing I see people doing wrong is they immediately panic. They throw up their hands. Oh, it's the end of the world. God is off the throne. Mm. No, 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 no. Back off. Don't panic. I would say number two, follow Paul's example. Look for the good. Uh-huh. Look for that silver lining in every situation, every difficult person, and just say, okay, how could God use me in this situation. That's what Paul did. He's locked up in prison. So how does he see the good? He says, because I'm locked up in prison, something great has happened. I've been able to penetrate to the very heart of the Roman Empire. Mm. I'm being guarded by the Praetorian Guard. Yeah. And so I'm chained to Praetorian Guards every day. And I, I have an opportunity to share the gospel. So you do. You look at that and you think, who's the real captive? Yeah. <laughs> is Paul the captive or is the Praetorian guard? The Praetorian guard, the poor guy can't get away. That's right. He's chained to Paul and he has to hear the gospel presented over and over and over again. Yeah. I think I think it's amazing. We, I, I wish there was a way to figure out 
for all the people that, that he led to Christ, and we know that he did, because we know that, that the Bible, he even tells us that even in Caesar's palace, there are people that are turning to Jesus Christ. I wish I could, we could go back and find out what are the roots, what are the, they told somebody who in turn told somebody who in turn told somebody, and we know it's happened because we're here today. Yeah, and it all happened, Mexico. it all happened because instead of Paul being chained to that guard, complaining to the guard about his miserable situation, Paul said, what's the silver lining? How can God use this? And Paul really, it was the ultimate Trojan horse. Yeah. Paul was like the Trojan horse entering <laughs> into the very, how in the world would he ever, ever yeah. be invited to share the gospel with the elite Praetorian guard of Nero? Yeah. There's only one way. He had to be arrested. <laughs> he had to be arrested to start a prison ministry. <laughs> That's amazing. You and I were talking before that wouldn't it be interesting to try to go to Paul while, while he's under guard and to say, hey, I just want you to know I'm from the future. I'm from 2020. And, of course, he'd look at us thinking we're, we're mad. But it, let's say that we got past that and said, Paul, one of these days, your prison epistles, that's what we're going to call them, uh, they're, they're going to inspire millions and millions, even billions of people. Did you, what do you think about that? What do you think he would say? Yeah, during this period, he wrote Ephesians, Philippians, <laughs> Colossians, and Philemon. Yeah. Those letters have literally been read by billions, not millions, yeah. billions of people, and lives have been changed. Yeah. It was the letter to the Ephesians that turned my life around. Yeah. Uh, when I got to chapter 2, man, I, it's chapter 2 got me and God got me. Yeah. So uh -huh. wouldn't that be fascinating? And here Paul is... I guarantee you when he's locked in prison and he's writing these letters, he had no idea yeah. how God would use these for centuries ahead. He thought it would just go to one church. That's and maybe, right. hey, you guys read it and pass it around to two or three other churches. Yeah. And look what God did. And it was all because Paul was willing to say, how can God use me here rather than blaming God and getting mad? Well, that brings more perspective to our problems, doesn't it? I mean, we don't know. We don't know that the troubles that we're going through right now, it's very important to, to attack it. Not attack it, but, but to transform it through faith so that we don't know what's going over the horizon, how our decisions now will affect somebody later on. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I would say, you know, step three would be trust God for the outcome. Oh, yeah. You have to trust That's God awesome. for the outcome. Yeah. So don't panic, look for the good, and then trust God for the outcome. That's, that's wonderful. Um, Rick, what would you tell somebody, though? And I think I know the answer, but let's say that one of our listeners is going through some real heartache, and they don't see the hope. Um, and they're saying, that's well and good. Okay, that's the Apostle Paul. He deserved that. God had a plan for him, but I'm the nobody. Why should... I expect anything good to come out of this. I'm in the hole financially. I'm racked with pain. I've got disease. Yeah, and there's no easy answers because we want we want an answer to the problem. Well, Paul, you know, Paul didn't get an answer. God didn't open the heavens and speak to him in prison and say, "Okay, here, here's what I'm doing, Paul. I'm going to do this and this, and then you're going to write these four letters, and billions of people are going to read your letter." Paul didn't know that part of the story. Yeah. And that's where it just comes down to trust and obey. Mm -hmm. You you got to trust God 
that he's got a plan, that he really can work in all things for good. Yeah. Now, easy to say, hard to do. Yeah. But that's the challenge of life is learning to walk by faith, truly believing God is sovereign, he's in control, and if we will if we'll trust him, he can work in the most difficult and painful situations. Yeah, I'm thinking of um of, of, of a phrase that he once used. I, th- I think it's in, well, it, it's actually it's coming later on, I think, in Philippians 4, right? He said, I have learned the secret to be content in every situation. Yeah, it's coming in chapter 4. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and I'm, I'm thinking, wow, I, if, if maybe this is actually a great witness to the world as well that we're not freaking out every time these things happening and blasting this stuff on social media. Instead, we say, no, I'm going to, what, what, what were those things that you said again? I'm going, I'm going to uh, trust God mm-hmm. through this, or I'm not, I'm going to, I'm not, I won't Don't panic. Don't panic. Don't panic. I'm going to look for the good and I'm going to trust God. I'm going to be content in these things. And it's interesting in chapter four, when he says that about being content, he said, I've learned the secret. What's the secret? It's a secret is something you know, but a lot of other people don't know. Ah. This is a secret to life that a lot of people don't know. And you don't learn it by just being born. You have to learn this from Scripture. And the more you get into Scripture and you see how God has worked in the lives of people throughout the Bible, mm-hmm. and, and all of a sudden the secret is revealed, oh, I can be content too. That yeah. That's the secret to really enjoying the rest of your life is knowing that no matter what the circumstances, good, bad, happy, sad, yeah. God has got this thing, and yeah. he will get you through. It's fantastic. Rick, thank you so much for uncovering that a little bit more for us. So I, I, wish, we, I wish we still had 45-hour-long sermons. You know, then you could do stuff like this. Um, hey, what, what else is coming up here at Grace? Well, this coming Sunday is step three in in the series on how to enjoy the rest of your life. And I don't know if this will be applicable, Sean, to very many people. It's called How to Eliminate Worry. (laughs) What do you think? Maybe uh, two or three people will find it relevant and practical. Maybe so. Maybe so. All right. Now, what's what's interesting is this coming week, How to Eliminate Worry, Paul talks about two categories. The things that worry you about life and the things that worry you about facing death. Wow. And so we're going to learn step by step. Okay, if there are things in my life that are worrying me, how do I deal with it? And if there's things about my death that worry me, that concern me, how do I handle those things? It's going to be a very, very practical, relevant message for all of us. It sure is. It sure is. Boy, okay. Rick Hale, thanks so much for spending a little time with us. You're welcome. Enjoyed it. Next up, on February 2nd, Grace will be offering a class called The Purpose Driven Life. I sat down with Doug and Sharon Berry, and we talked about how the class personally benefited them and why Doug is now excited about teaching it. Let's listen in. Okay, so I am talking with Doug and Sharon Berry. You want to say hi? Hi. Hi, Sean. Okay, and we are, we are in uh, prison. No, just kidding. <laughs> We, we, where are we at? We are Pepper's Bar and Grill. Pepper's Bar and Grill. Having a wonderful evening. That's right. So we didn't do the bar part, but we did do the grill part. Oh, so. yes. 
great food here. Great food. You should come here. Um, Absolutely. I hope they give us a discount next time for giving them props. Okay. So, Doug, we are, we're going to talk about uh, the Purpose Driven Life class is coming up in February. I, so, I'm really looking forward to it. Now, yeah. I'm why so are you looking forward to this? I know you are. But this is this is a chance, you know, I, um, for me to, to help bring other people to Christ. Yeah. It, it, it's... You know, the Purpose Driven Life book is a great book that helps people. I almost call it like a roadmap or a, a plan to uh, for people to focus on where they need to be to be more Christ-like. Right, right. And I, I, I like the way that you put that, a roadmap. I think that that's, you know, we were talking earlier about how it is people have a, a preconception or a, a predisposition when they think about church, they think mostly about ritual and religion. And what Jesus came was to make disciples, right. disciples of His. Absolutely. And purpose driven life, it does give us a, 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 it does give us that roadmap to see how can we um, collaborate with the Holy Spirit in, in in our life. And so, how have you personally benefited? Because this is going to be the second time you're teaching this class. Right. That's coming in February. Um, um, like I said, I'm looking forward to it, yes. And everybody can thank me now. Doug is a much better teacher at this than I am. So, <laughs> I, I don't know about that. But, why, you know. why are you excited about I, teaching I, this? I'm excited because it, it helps remind me of the the focuses that we need to have. You know, our, our, four, our five purposes are, you know, it gives us a focus. Yeah. I, I think in a, in a lot of, um, and, and I'm not talking bad about other churches or anything else like no. that but you know with the five purposes it gives you a focus you, mm -hmm. you, you need to have some place to work towards yeah you know the, the roadmap that we talked about and this helps me remember what I need to do did you find that personally beneficial when you were going through it the first time I did I did huh. I, you know it was, it was great to to understand what the, the purposes are hmm. what the five purposes are and, you know, it's, I try to, on a daily basis, think about, you know, the things that I'm doing and how does that fit into those five purposes. Right. You know, I felt the same way. And, you know, Sharon, jo jo jump in anytime you want to, okay? But, but uh, I felt the same way uh, in that I felt like it, it, it gave me a link, right? It gave me a link to these, these, these five purposes that have been in the Bible. They're all, all through the Bible. Um, but I, I finally saw this golden thread, if you will, that, that linked all those things together. Right. And I thought, oh, it makes sense. It really makes sense it, now. It, it does make a lot of sense. It yeah. does make a lot of sense. And like I said, it, 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 it helps give us a focus. That is, it, it's a huge non-fiction bestseller. Uh, so tell me, why do, why do you think it's a bestseller? Why do people... First of all, I think it's an, it's an easy read. Uh -huh. it, it really is. And... It gives people a short daily uh, goal. Okay. Okay. Each each section is, is broken up into the into forty days. Okay. And you have twenty minutes worth of reading to do every day. Wow. That, that's all. Okay. That's all. And then at the end of each section, it gives you a Bible verse to think about, uh -huh. and it gives you a statement to. to was it a comment to ponder, I think is what it's called. Okay. Okay. And it allows you to reflect on that reading with your life. Right. So when you, is there something to be said about when we concentrate on something for 40 days, what does that do? 
It creates a habit. Okay. It creates a habit. All right. You know, I've, I've heard different numbers. I've heard, you know, you can create a habit in two weeks, three weeks, 40 days, you know, but that 40 days will give you a jumping off point. And yeah. if, you, if you stick with that, you know, and continue on with, with you know, reading your Bible, reading other, you know, uh, reference books mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You'll you'll grow closer to the Lord. Okay, you will. that's fantastic. You know, it's interesting how the number forty is kind of a it's kind of an interesting number that you see a lot in the Bible. It is, and so is. and I I don't understand the significance of that number, but I think yeah. it's significant somehow. What can someone that's never taken this class? What can they expect? <laughs> literally expect what they can literally expect. Um, like I said, the, there will be daily reading. Okay, that you'll have to do. Um, when they, when you come to the class, there's a short video that we'll watch, and then we'll discuss um, with some questions that we have in a workbook that'll be handed out. Mm-hmm. Um, different parts of that video and different parts of the reading that has taken place the week before. Okay. And with my very level best, we're gonna have a whole lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna have a lot of fun. That's great. That's great. And so I think how how many weeks long is it? It's six weeks long. Six weeks long, and we always meet at what time? Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Room 104. Room 104 on the east side of the church. On the east side of the church. I'll be there. Hopefully, I, I had other people last year that, that beat me into the classroom, <laughs> but I, I try to get there before anybody else. So. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, and I think sometimes you might bring some snacks, so we'll... I'll surprise you. Okay. All right. All right. You For sure, the coffee's free. So. <laughs> yeah, there's always coffee at Grace Cafe. So All right. Nice. All right. Well, thanks so much for eating dinner with me tonight. And, I had a uh, great time. Yeah. Had some, had some great discussion. L- looking forward to the, really, like I said, really looking forward to the class. Fantastic. Okay. Thanks again for being with us today. We hope that you have been encouraged and better informed. We love to get feedback, so send us an email with your comments at info at roselgrace.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss an episode. And do us a favor by sharing this podcast on your favorite social media platform. For more information about Grace Community Church, visit us online at roselgrace.com. Until next time, may the grace and peace of the Lord Jesus be with you.